you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Ah, thinking about gas mileage. You know, changing your oil with a full synthetic oil like Castrol Edge can help your engine get more miles. Right now, you can get five quarts with an STP Extended Life oil filter for only $36.99. Get started on your next job today with the parts you need when you need them at AutoZone or AutoZone.com. Get in zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now, here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi, and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to the Dave Damashek football program, available as always on Stitcher, iTunes, and nfl.com slash Sheck. S H E K Sheck, Sheck, Sheck. Oh, the second show of the week. The first one was positively gay. One of the great moments in Studio 66. Maximum strength. History. We were joined by Ike Taylor, 12 years as a Pittsburgh Steeler. On the day he announced his retirement, he made his way to 66. We kibitzed about this, that, and the other. And now he's seated to my immediate left once again. What's the poop, Ike Taylor? What's the poop? I hope we have some toilet tissue. <laughs> Man, the poop is these Samoan cookies. See, that's you. Last <laughs> time you said that. You want? I got some chocolate-covered uh, almonds. No, I just had some peanut butter crackers. I'm good. All right. And uh, so how are you, Ike? How's retirement treating you? Great. Yeah? Great. Do you feel different in any way? Not at all. Kind of like a load off me. You is know? it weird to think like, yeah, I mean, I would. Uh, it must be nice to be, you're what, going to be 35 soon? Correct. Weird to be retired at 35. Could yeah. you be done, could you never do anything again and just be a playboy for the rest of your life if you wanted? <laughs> if I wanted to, yes. Is that, that true? Sense. I mean, that's what I'm, yes. I, I don't want to get into your finances, but you're yes. in a position you could just put your feet up yes. forever. Yes, but my body doesn't work like that, meaning I, I'm a structured guy. So just playing football for 12 years, going through not even – football for 12 years in the NFL. I'm mm-hmm. talking about like college, high school, Mighty Might, Pop Warner. I started football when I was eight. So now, well, we talked about maybe you being a scout. How about that? Whatever. How about you sit? I'm gonna come how about hang you with you? How about you sit in that chair? I'm going to come hang with That's you. That's the move. I'm gonna That's the correct answer. We're going to do this radio gig, and we're going to take over the world, pink in the brain. 
already on our way with that. And I encourage you as far as that goes. Nay, I demand you go back and uh, look at NFL.com and look up our conversations with like great stuff looking back at some of his greatest hits. Some really funny and insightful stuff. The anecdotes from the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 40, the Super Bowl 43 when James Harrison made the 99-yard play, what you were saying to him, all that stuff. I encourage you to to dig that stuff up. It's really good. Plus, we talk to Mike Adams of the Colts. Plus, we play some new games. One of the guys who joined us for those games is now seated to your immediate left okay. eye, Taylor. Hold on, Chuck. Just let the people know they can watch that whole episode, actually. Oh, right. On NFL Now. You can watch it all. Thank you, Black Tie Behind the Glass. Yes, NFL Now, you can see – well, it's a glorious – it's just about exactly one hour yep. of, of, uh, minutes. of uh, fascinating stuff. And, and also, who's in the pinky and the brain reference? Who's pinky and who's brain? Of course, I got to be the brain. What, what are you saying? Pink and brain? Pinky, pinky and the brain. In the brain. Do you know what that is, Devin? No, what's Cartoon? pinky and the brain? See? See? You and your, Don't uh, see, see. What do I know? How do I know what pinky and the brain can is? Can somebody pull up the pinky and the brain for the young man? <laughs> Where does that come we'll, from, we'll, Black we'll, Tie? We'll get that ready. We'll get that Why ready. Why out of the blue do you ask that question? Because <laughs> you said it. We're going to take over the world like pinky and the brain. Oh, I see. I didn't hear it. I, oh, I missed okay. you saying that. Okay. Yes. You'll learn, Ike, that I live in my own head a lot. I can tell. <laughs> I'm starting to see that. Now, seated to your immediate left, Ike Taylor, is uh, a man all the way yes, from London, man. England. He is our residing Miami Dolphins fan here on the DDFP. It's Handsome Hank. Handsome Hank is in the house. Gold He's handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank. Yeah, while you were toiling on the field against the Vikings a couple of years ago, right. Handsome Hank was in the stands glad-handing with his countrymen who recognized him from this podcast. See how it all comes full circle? We're global, Ike. The Czech Republic knows no borders. I like that, the Czech Republic. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's say hello to him. Hello, Handsome Hank. How are you, Dave? Uh, well, I'm very well. I'm over Good. the moon. And, you know, <laughs> I don't know about Pinky and the Brain. I told Antonio Brown this, and I'm going to tell it to you, you now, Ike. This is this is my mantra. One of my, I have many mantras. You know, most guys only have one mantra if they have, but I have many. One of my creeds is I don't care if you're black or white. I right. only care if you're black and gold. Right. That's a good one, isn't it? That was kind of dry, but I'll take it, though, because you're my boy. <laughs> That's kind of <laughs> what? It is right. kind of dry. Dry? Yeah. A.B. loved it. That's yeah. kind of dry. But, uh, Don't air me yeah, behind not the not one of your 17 best mantras. If, You've if got we, better ones If we take it behind the curtain here, Damashek and I spoke about that line because of the video we did with Antonio yeah. Brown. We, I wanted to take it out. Damashek said, no, we got to leave it in. That's it's a good great. line. I'm he like, liked it. He eh. said he's going to use it. He was being polite. And let me tell all the Steelers players who come in here because you're so nice to them all the time. You <laughs> tell them you're Steelers. What are they going to say? I, well, I don't want to be slapped in the face verbally or otherwise, <laughs> and so let's just move on here. Hey, Ike, you know, something we like to talk about here on the show. Oh, let me tell you, Bucky Brooks, uh, draft guru, one of our favorites here on the show, also going to be coming up here. We're going to do a little mock draft, Ike. You all set for that? I'm ready for that. Yeah, maybe you'll even draft your replacement. Okay, I'm ready for that. You know, you can, repl- you can take the next. I like Cortez Allen and, and Will Gay. All right, we'll talk about all of it. We're going to get okay. to all of that. We but got time to talk about that? If you want to, okay. you uh, you you like that duo, really? Yeah, I like and Antoine Blake. I like them three. I like them three a lot. If the Steelers go into 2015 with William Gay and Cortez Allen as their starting corners, that's not very inspiring, is it? How you feel? Well, I thought I thought 
I thought Gay was dynamite last year, and thank goodness he right. was. I mean, he was really a big difference maker. But Cortez Allen had a very rough season. I'm not telling you anything you right, don't right. know, or him, for right. that matter. Is he ready to bounce back? What what signs do you see that indicate Cortez is going to have a big bounce back? In oh, he has no other choice. This, this like, make it or break it season four, and he's working real hard. He's working real hard. He, he had a lot of going on personally. Is that right? See, those are the things yeah. that people forget about on the human level. If you got something going yeah, behind the like, scenes, right? But now, man, his his head is clear. At, at first, it was foggy. Now it's clear. I'm telling you, man, Cortez got the tools. He got it. He make it look easy, you know. But when you got other stuff going on, man, it's kind of hard. You know? And and but you but uh, you know the cardinal rule here on What's the that? DDFP: no jive. You're not jiving here. That's that. That's for real. That's yeah. some positive news. You feel like 2014 rearview oh, yeah. mirror, Cortez Allen, brighter days ahead. One one thing you gotta understand about Pittsburgh Steelers, man, they don't let anybody outside of their organization dictate how they feel or what they do. So regardless on what you might think or what the whole world might thinks, it doesn't matter to them. I don't that's, know. That's I've like tweeted Coach it. Tomlin here and there, and I'd like to think that he maybe <laughs> hears what I have to say about that. <laughs> Let's say hello now to the guy who just snuck in the door here. Okay, he is uh, Scout Supreme. He has uh, he's been our MVP at the quarter poll. We declared him our MVP okay. of uh, of guests. It's Bucky Brooks. What's the poop with you, fella? What's going on, Shake? I'm glad I got the MVP award. I mean, I wouldn't campaign for it, but I, no, I, I like honors. Like I say, it's only I mean, it's only three months. You know, let's that's see, what I like honors though. Perform the rest. I of like the that though. Yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, this is your busy season. Tax season just wrapped up. And it is also the scouts' busy season as uh, the draft in Chicago draws ever near. First thing, do you agree with uh, Ike Taylor's opinion on uh, Cortez Allen? Is he going to turn the corner? And do you do you like the tools from what you see? Well, I mean, he obviously is long and he's rangy. He's been in the system, so he should be very, very comfortable. Obviously, Ike has more knowledge and intel than I would have because he sat there and watched him every day on the practice field. He knows what he understands in meetings. And he understands what his confidence level is in big moments. The one thing that I'm not privy to is I don't get a chance to look in his eyes in the helmet when things are getting chaotic to see if he has the grit and the dog in him to work himself out of difficult situations. And so I alluded to some off-the-field stuff, clouding guys' heads. That's very real. And knowing that he could bounce back in a major way. I think that's something that we on the outside don't know, but guys on the inside certainly know. So that's a no. No, that's not a That just watered down the no. <laughs> okay. Hey, all right, let's get into our own mock draft here. We'll do it. I'll, I think I should go first because it's such an easy one. And, I, I mean, I, for an, anybody could sit here and announce first overall, I don't think there's much question about that. Very quickly, though, to pay off something we did last week, we did best uh, theme song in uh, best sports theme song in TV history. A lot of UK stuff made it in here. English cycling and soccer and cricket and whatever made the list. I said Monday Night Football probably still reigns supreme. Maybe the CBS uh, college football on CBS one. Do we have that by the way to play it? But the one that I left off, I was remiss and I got uh, hammered for it on Twitter. What do you guys think of this one? Where does this rate? Sports theme songs in TV history. You recognize that one? NBA on NBC. Damn, Shake, you're a dedicated man, man. Well, I wanted to pay that off because no. a lot of people hit me up on Twitter. I want the the Czech Republic well, to know their voices. For a listener, you let them dictate. <laughs> you let them t- 
You let them dictate. Shaggy, well, I'm not dictate. You, you really point it up. It. Yeah. The, the NBA on NBC, that's like one of the – I don't that's, think that's it's great, it, but a lot of people, people said, said, how did you not mention that one? I don't, I don't think how it's that good. How many people said that, Shaq? Uh, many, many. <laughs> really? Not as, not as many like weighed in on the English stuff. I know. People love that. Play that cricket one. I, I mean, I'm not, not going to be able to play it. That would take me 10 minutes to find that one. All right. While you dig right, it up, I'm going to make the first pick. You guys all said, should we just jump into the first overall? By all the way, this not? noise, all this. We're, doing, ahead, we're doing 12 picks, top 12 picks here. We'll see how far we get. We have. We also have Willie McGinnis coming in, so we're kind of on the clock. Really on the clock here. To I get understand. This knocked okay. out in like we'll be all right. 15 minutes. We get, we're we're good. Is it all right if we talk on the the black tie show today, though? Black yeah. tie. Oh, black tie's been talking a lot. <laughs> no, I mean he's apparently <laughs> he's laying down the law about what we're. <laughs> we have Willie McGinnis. He's already frustrated back there that I You're bothered the clock, with the guys. NBA on NBC theme. Well, yeah, because you played it off your laptop and no one could probably hear it. All right. Well, listen. Th- that was kind of creative, though. <laughs> he, he was dedicated to. It was. That's what I'm saying. Whatever the dedicated man. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna go one better. Here you go. Off my phone. Listen to this. Oh, hold on. Now, we, a, now, go, a, now we're gonna no. sit through an ad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm gonna Here announce. Go. Here it is. All right. Go ahead, Black Tie. Uh, handsome. What's this for? Cricket, right? It's for cricket. Sounds like cricket. It's it's got a little calypso to it. People get excited about that, Hey. Oh, yeah. Sounds like a Coke commercial in, like, the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> now, it sounds like uh, a, a 80s sitcom that would star Bronson Pinchot. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I, I, I don't either. <laughs> I, I, I don't either, Shaq. You, you lost me on that one. All right. Handsome Hank. Yes, you sir. can't play that no more, Hank. <laughs> what? <laughs> you can't play that no more. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, finally, I, I, don't, I don't know how we run out of that. I don't know how we get hype. Get out how do you get hype off of that, handsome? That's mate? not coming out of the tunnel. That's for fans listening. For fans that's listening? Not, that's, not for, that's not for the players. Oh, it's not? No, no. This is yeah, like, you know, it's the theme tunes. It's the, it's the TV thing. I agree. I like That's a good one. So we should do that. The, like, what's the best music to run out to? If you're sitting in the stands, handsome, right, and that music come on, what you going to do? You That's the t- it's TV. It's the TV. <laughs> oh, it's the TV. Oh, it's the TV. Well, it's so TV what? Thing. They play the Monday Night Football See, theme at Monday Night Football games. I love and people it get excited when they hear it. Right. The new thing is like, what was it? Lil John turned down for what? They play that in yeah. games. Yeah, like when that when that. that gets going, that, that goes. And then at the end of games, when you win, DJ Khalid, all I do is win. Like the, those things are. They're kind of taking over. Yeah, and in Pittsburgh, they play um, – they're, they're stuck in the 70s, and they play – All I know is you mess with me, you got problems. That's all I know. That's all I know. That's my bad. J.J. Watt. What I meant to do was <laughs> – <laughs> Yeah, that J.J. Watt thing threw me off. I was like, this must be a – it must be a, a I got one more. Thing. I got one more for you. All I do is win. Yeah, those two things. So when you win a game now, Shaq, like that's that's automatic in I high school and everything. Like that is I'm fine that with that. We deal. are the champions, had thirty or forty good years. Enough though with that playing that after every game. In Pittsburgh though, in the second half, Ike certainly can tell you this. Renegade. They play Renegade by Sticks, which right. starts out good. Do are, do you as players, do you get uh uh excited by that or do you even notice it? It's crazy because the opposing team, they know it's coming. Is that right? They know it's coming. So they're like, oh, snap. Like, because <laughs> the whole stadium get riled up, we get riled up. Then they have, like, the highlights of the year going on, like the favorite plays on defense. And it's like, oh, y'all done messed up. Y'all done <laughs> messed up now. Y'all done messed up. So then the opposing team, they be like, 
They be trying to get geeked up, but it was like, nah, that's false right there. Y'all about to get it. <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> that, uh, what's his name from Sticks in the, that, those, that song, Renegade, is what gets professional football players in the 21st century yeah. psyched up. It, 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 it's grown on us. Why do you do Iron Man, though? That's such a Iron natural. Man. What's that? From, uh, you know, from what's uh, the song? Ozzy Osbourne. You know. What's the song? I, like, can you guys get Iron Man? I love how Shaq assumes they're just going to know the Aussie. Like, <laughs> I mean, hey, you don't know Pinky in the Brain, by the way. You don't know Black Sabbath, Iron Man. <laughs> just pull it up, would you please? Put that up, let's and get, I'm going to announce my first. got a draft to do in I'm 10 minutes. I'm doing it right now. Ready? I'm going to make the first overall pick. Easy as pie. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jameis Winston. Next, they're not going to do anything other than that, obviously, and we don't need to deliberate over this. That's that. Set it in stone. Winston, who are the Tennessee Titans going? What you want? Black Tie wants me to go Ike next? I was going to talk to Bucky for a second. You want Ike? What difference does it make to you, Black Tie? If I go to Bucky, you have to say it's got to be Ike, huh? All right, fine. Ike Taylor, excuse me, Bucky, for that interruption. <laughs> That's messed up, Black Tie. I thought it would be Bucky because it's tight right. and they might trade I'm that I'm literally pick, just suppose. going around the room. That's all it is. Yeah, that's what I was going to do, too. I just was going to my right. Oh. Wait, Black Tie. No, you're going, you're going Let's counterclockwise. Go. Let's go. Let's keep all it right, moving. Let's keep it moving. Who's next? Ike Tennessee. Taylor. Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Who are they gonna... Titans. Uh, what's my guy, my D tackle from Washington? Oh, you Andy Shelton. Yeah. Really? Yeah, Over Shelton. Leonard Williams? He is a monster. All right, but are they really going to do that? How say you, Bucky Brooks? Is that a possibility? Normally you wouldn't take a nose tackle that high because they don't offer anything against the pass. However, there is some conversation that he could be a top ten pick, so I won't completely rule it out. All right, but what about – I don't want to get too bogged down on this. Do you think, for all the noise that we've heard so far, fellas, mm-hmm. will the Titans really – swap that pick for something else. I don't know if anybody really wants to come right. up there. You don't? No. Anybody who wants Mariota has to do that, or otherwise they I don't know if anyone's think... as desperate for Mariota yeah, I, as it's being yeah. made out. I think, I think the buzz about Mariota is greater on the outside than it is on the inside. Right. I think we, in the media, we have kind of created him to be something more than what he typically is, and I don't think yeah. there's, there's just clamoring to move up to number two. You don't buy that the Chargers, for instance, are interested in moving on, turning the page from. No, uh, I think I think Philip Rivers is doing his old coach a <laughs> solid. So I was guessing, and I just looked up a mock draft or a draft board, mm-hmm. and it had a D tackle going to the Tennessee Titans. But yeah, but wasn't it wasn't the D tackle I said? Do you but want? They do have a D tackle? I'm going to give you a chance here to to revise your pick if you would like. No, no, I like I like my pick. All right, you're yeah, going to stay with Ike. Yeah, Ike. I'm not. I'm not telling him what to do. I'm asking him if he wants to change his pick. I'm trying to be a nice. I got two guys over there. I got Coastal Bowl and I have Coach Ray Horton. So I know they like to go from the front to the back. So they like the just. And the philosophy is good, man. How you gonna build your house from the ground up? You're not gonna build from the roof on down. So they start from the front and they're gonna work their way to the back. Well, it is interesting. We were talking off the air about that the other day. Casey Hampton. I think people who are Steelers wonks. Are, are aware of him, but really the significance that uh, his role in those great defenses for a decade really had so much to do with him, right? I mean, the, the, no it was basically you turned every team one-dimensional, because, or Casey right. Hampton, I should say, right. and Aaron Smith, right. the, uh, the duo, basically rendered any team – there was no team 
that I can think of that ran the ball on you save the Jacksonville Jaguars and in, in Tomlin's first year there in the playoffs. Hands down, Aaron Smith's probably the best 3-4 DN that ever came into a 3-4 defense. Hands down. Hands down. We can talk about Casey all day. Casey was a monster. Mm-hmm. A monster, you know. Gathering two guys, letting the inside linebackers run free. But Aaron Smith caused havoc. Mm-hmm. Caused havoc. And I used to get so geeked about him. I used to talk smack on the field. And he'll look at me and be like, hey, don't wake this guy up. I'm whooping <laughs> his butt. Just let me do what I do. And I'm like, all right, my bad, Mr. Casey, me, Mr. Uh, Smith. I apologize. <laughs> but I used to be so excited. Very he, formal out there. He used to kick so much so much butt on the field. Nobody really didn't give him no praise like they always do. But just like Casey Hampton, man, when Casey left, man, it was hard for our run defense. Ike, do you think, and Bucky, do you think that the Ravens have made a, a major miscalculation in letting Haloti not a walk away because he obviously has been – the key, I would say, even in the Ray Lewis Ed Reed years, he's really what made that defense dominant. Or they is there do they have good they have enough? Two, that they have two young by. dudes that are ready to play. Brandon like, Williams, yeah, and, Brandon uh, Williams, and the guy that they got Timmy from Florida. Yeah. Those those two guys have made Haloti not expendable. And hmm. if you go back, and this is a baseball term, you always would rather get rid of a guy a year too early than a year too late. So for Baltimore, even though Haloti Nada still has some tread on the tire, it's better to move him on and get what kind of value you can get back for him and let those young guys play because if you hold on him too long, you don't have any value. And that older player won't play at the high level that you used that to That Jernigan kid is going to be a monster. I worked out with him at Coach Tom Shaw in Orlando, Florida. T. Shaw. Yeah. He always talks about you. And he is – I mean, he's the reason why I moved to Orlando. You know, I've been with Coach Shaw since New Orleans. So – Jernigan kid, this Jernigan kid is going to be a monster. And mm. I agree, man. It's it's kind of, now that I'm out the game, it's like, it's kind of let him go while they have that tread on their tires and let my young guys rock. Look who's turned into an icy cold uh, operator now. You see? Ice cold. That's right. Ice right. cold. Ice cold. All right, let's go to number three, Jacksonville Jaguars, who, by the by, have retained their title as having the worst uniform in the NFL. They got a serious run from the <laughs> Cleveland Browns the other day. Oh, not that serious. What are you talking not about? That not that serious, serious. But the You're, Jags still the Jags have the The Jags were worst. like, they've got that on lockdown for a while. It is interesting that the Buccaneers, Jags, Browns, Titans all have bad uniforms and are the worst teams in the league, too. Do you think there's a correlation? I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just uh, I don't it's know. It's the bad you, colorways, right? You do the math. I don't Isn't know. Isn't that whole look good, play good thing? Yeah, listen, while the Raiders uh, debunk that, but the Steelers have uh, have done pretty nicely in their get-ups over the years. All right, Handsome Hank, the Jaguars, how say you? Well, so I, I Say, how does an Englishman say Jaguar, too? I always like that. Jaguar. 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 <laughs> Jaguar. Jaguar. He say all the syllables. Exactly. <laughs> We're Jaguar. not leaving anything. He adds a few, I think. Uh, all right, so I think the Jaguars – if Danny Shelton goes off number two, would we'll probably run to the podium with a card saying Leonard Williams on it, right? Yeah, I, I, I think that that I, is I mean, definitely I think right. He, I think, you know, Jameis Winston fits the Bucks. Is he? Uh, but I think a lot of people agree, and I think Bucky provides his top 50 for us. I think he, Leonard Williams is the best player. All I'll draw. say is this, and then I'll defer to the expert. But to me, I know that the I, – I, one of my predictions is that – 
the running backs are on their way back now. We're moving back in the, into a direction where they're going to have greater impact and informed not by last year's draft, rather, but by Lev Bell and Eddie Lacy's class. I think some of these guys are going to be valued more in this draft. Specifically, I think Todd Gurley and Melvin Gordon are both going to be first-rounders. I would legitimately think, if I were the Jets or the Jags, about taking Todd Gurley. Really? I think Todd Gurley is, a, if you watched him in the that SEC, early? is maybe the best player in the draft. He's the most that, talented player in the draft. He's very, talented. He's, he's very, he's very talented. he's very talented. And he probably would be a top 10 pick if he didn't have the ACL injury. Mm-hmm. However, the stench and the residue from the Trent Richardson thing has everybody spoken. Huh. Because we all thought that Trent Richardson was going to be an outstanding player. He was taken high in the draft. I uh, had a pretty solid rookie season, exhibited all the qualities that you look for. So I still think there's some of that res- residue still preventing people from jumping all the way on board with the running backs in the first round. But Gurley is talented enough where he would have graded out as a top 10 pick if he didn't have the injury. All right. That being said, I guess he's not going to go at number four then. It's the Oakland Raiders. Bucky Brooks, please submit your card to the commissioner. Uh, I'm going to go with Amari Cooper for the Oakland Raiders. Hmm. And the reason I'm going with Amari Cooper over – probably the, the more heralded or the, the buzz is around Kevin White is because understanding Reggie McKenzie, the general manager, played at Tennessee. The guy that works up under him, Joy Clinkstale, also played in Tennessee. They have a reverence for the SEC. And so when you think about Amari Cooper and Kevin White and all things being considered, the level of competition that Amari Cooper faced in the SEC could lead them to believe he's more polished, he's more ready, and he will be uh, better equipped to deal with the transition from college to the pro game when I look I mean the game I play always I guess a lot of people do this including uh, professional scouts like you Buck to me when I watch guys I just compare them to who he's going to be like in the NFL currently or in the past and uh he Kevin White to me is Des Bryant is that fair I mean he has some of those qualities he's big he's physical he's that I think the one thing um Scouts like Kevin White more than coaches like Kevin White. Scouts are fascinated by the size, the physical dimensions, all the attributes and what he could be. Coaches like the proven commodity. Amari Cooper walks out. He's played Z. He's played in the slot. He played in a pro-style system. You know exactly what you're getting. And so coaches understand that their livelihood is day-to-day on the performance of players. Scouts have a longer leash. So they're more likely to take a chance. Like, oh, he'll develop here. He has the potential. Coaches won't right now. Well, but, you know, I, as far as that goes, I, and this is something that we've definitely talked about uh, on more than one occasion, but I, yeah, I, I get what coaches want. They want to control. They want to impart their system and have guys that understand it and can run it to perfection. That yields guys like, let's talk about from a quarterback standpoint, those guys who are – I, I, a system quarterback has a stink on it, but I mean, you know, high-end performers, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees. Would you rather have those kind of guys, or would you rather have maybe they make the coach nervous, John Elway, Ben Roethlisberger, Brett Favre, gunslinger types? Ike, how say you? It just depends. It depends on the GM. It depends. But do you on buy my do you buy my theory that, that that coaches put a stink on guys that maybe are little in Cam Newton's another guy who sort of fits that mold. All right, he's not pinpoint all the time, but his distinctive skill set makes him impossible to game plan for ultimately and more dangerous in big games. I think quarterbacks are the most the biggest gambles in in NFL. You can just I mean the the three guys you just named, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, 
Drew Brees, like them them three pretty much on their own level. You know what I'm saying? So you can just name all the guys as far as like quarterbacks who haven't made it. You know? Just think about all the guys who haven't made it in the league, who had the opportunities to make it. Usually when you go first round as a quarterback, man, you probably get two to maybe three opportunities. And it's a lot of guys who haven't done that. Yeah, I got. I, it, it's interesting, I, though. To me, I would roll the dice on a guy who no. has a, a skill set unlike anybody else's. See, here, here's, here's the thing. I see, I, I see how it, you get nervous with that. I'll spin it a different way because I can attest to this. Like, looking at his defense, your defense had a lot of vets. Correct. Some of those vets didn't have the skills – that they had early in their careers. Correct. But because Coach LeBeau can make a call and everyone knew exactly what to do, there's comfort in that. There may be a younger guy that has more talent, but he may bust once or twice. Those one or two times that he messes up, they could be costly. So a coach wants safety. He wants security. He wants to know that if I put this guy in, he's going to do it exactly how I like it. And even though his skills may be diminished, right. he's going to do what I ask. And if we lose – I'll take that because that's on me. But I'm not going to have a wild card mess it up when ultimately I'm judged on whether we win or lose. Sheck, we talked about this earlier during the week. Like, when you have a quarterback, it's above the neck. Like, we get too caught up in their 40 time. Like, you think Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and Drew Brees, and Ben Roethlisberger weren't about a 40 time? You think about they, they weren't about how high they jump? Nah, man. Can I have some guy that I'm about to pay a lot of money to Take me to the promised land, and how they going to do that? They got to be great in the pocket, meaning their feet have to be great in the pocket, and they got to dissect the defense before they even know what's going on. You know, we keep talking about these guys who run in 40, 50 yards, but they're not winning the Super Bowls. I hear you on that, and I agree, except but if you look at the quarterback. My thing is, we trying to win or we trying to sell tickets? I hear you, but, but the counter to that is this. These they don't grow on trees, you know. That it would be nice for everybody to have. Everybody would like to have Tom Brady, but everybody can't because there are only you know a couple of them in the history of football. And if you look at the teams that have won the Super Bowl in the 21st century, the majority of them, I believe it's 11 if my count is correct, have had Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, or Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. And Eli Manning, you can't. I mean, well, I was just going to say the yeah. other few that have snuck through. Right. The other formula to win. You don't, you don't sneak through with two Super Bowls. I listen. I think he's a Hall of Famer if he retires today. Okay. I think. We're but, talking but a about lot of, Eli. Eli. Okay. Well, Roethlisberger, I also think is in the Hall of Fame if he retired tomorrow. Um, but the other formula for success in the NFL, you can win a Super Bowl without the so-called elite QB if you play rugged defense and can run the football. The Giants. The Ravens have won two Super Bowls doing it that way, and the and uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did it that way. Well, I'm accounting you because the formula that you spit out is the formula that all those quarterbacks that you said, that's how they won. If you look at the turnovers, you look at the defense of all those teams, all those quarterbacks played with defenses that ranked in the top ten. They created a number of turnovers to give extra opportunities. And I would challenge you, if you looked at the running games, all those running games were top ten running games. The, the Saints, when they won – yeah, that's had true. A, had a number six running game. So everyone thinks it's all about the quarterback, and it's easy because we talk about fantasy football and throwing it all over the yard. But the teams that win have the best quarterback who also has the best supporting cast, meaning the defense and the running game. 
to alleviate the pressure on him. Because if the quarterback plays bad, you need to have the other pieces pick him up. Correct. And, Dave, I don't know why we're talking in the abstract about this. Because, I mean, it's actually being played out right in front of us. Jameis Winston, Bucky, when he was last on the podcast, came and told us, Jameis Winston is that guy who's got it from the head up, from the neck up. He's a smart guy who can dissect defenses. He can do all those type of things. Mariota, people are getting excited about because he can run fast and he can make stuff happen. But he's not the guy that, I mean, you said it yourself. He's not the guy that's going to go number one. So this is being played out in front of us right now. I mean, if you just look at Winston, man, like he was on a he was on a Gruden show, man. Your second and third read, like it's it's, it's hard for NFL. That was guys. amazing, wasn't it? It's hard for NFL that? guys to get to their second and third read. You got a kid in college, man. He's going through his second and third progression. You know that's hard. But I'm not saying he makes it easy, but his willingness to want to learn and want to be that guy for that team. And you can just ask his teammates. They're like, man, this dude sleep, eat, and breathe. Football. And it shows on the field. When you go 26-1, 26-1 as a starter, you're saying a lot. And I'm talking about against great competition. I, More well, importantly, I like, to, to, to hang off this point, because Ike has played in the game for a long time, played on defense. Ike will understand, like, when a quarterback throws a number of interceptions early in the game, most guys get spooked, and they won't take the chance. So when Jameis Winston had a bunch of games where he turned the ball over and put his team – and a deficit in harm's way, but in the second half he comes back. When we're on defense, we look like, oh, that guy's a little different. Yeah. Because most guys, they run Go and hide the in the corner. Yep. He continued to play and play well in the second half. I love that, that says yes, something to his grit that. and resiliency. Yep, yep. That's what, well, that's what I'm – but then – on some level, you're agreeing with me, too, that I like a gunslinger. <laughs> That's Same right. Thing. Same thing with Andrew Luck. That is exactly like, what yeah. I just said. I want a guy who keeps taking the chances and keeps going for it. Brett Favre, John Elway, Fred <laughs> Roethlisberger, all three of those all guys right, Dave, throw you terrible win. early game interceptions, and then they keep on going. Damon Shrek's a genius. Thank you, A.J. <laughs> Hawk. At least someone gets it. All right, I'm moving on. At number five, D.C. This is an interesting spot now that Marcus Mariota – remains there, I think, as I've said before, I think this team's doomed as long as Jay Gruden's their head coach. I imagine he would love to be able to put that on RG3 and say, I need Marcus Mariota because it probably buys him two more years, whereas if he rolls with RG3 and he flames out, then this 2015 will be Jay Gruden's last year as the head coach in D.C. So I think he will push for Marcus Mariota I'm going to go, though, that they're going to want to address defense. I say they go Vic Beasley. Is that a good pick, Buck? I think it would be a good pick. I you think, think Mariota goes there, though? <laughs> no. Because what's the difference between Mariota and RG3? You're talking about bringing I just in another you, guy. I'm not that Jay Gruden's the decision They're maker. the same player. The same struggles that you have with RG3 are the same struggles you would have with Marcus Mariota. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, you're talking about coaches and what they want. If your coach is not adaptable, meaning he's going to take what Marcus Mariota or RG3 or whatever they do well and put that into practice, it's going to ultimately fail. Hmm. And so I just don't think you can do that. I think Scott McLuhan, the general manager, will come in and take the best available player and athlete. I think Vic Beasley's that guy. I would, I would preface that by saying Dante Fowler is really going to intrigue them because he's a quote-unquote football player. Like he breathes, eats, sleeps football, and he plays in a violent manner that kind of makes you gravitate to him, even though he's not the polished or pure pass rusher that some would want. Anytime Clemson comes up, or for that matter, LSU, I feel obliged to point out that the Clemson coaches should be ashamed of themselves. Why? Let's remember, 
That team had Sammy Watkins, Andre Ellington, oh, you know Martavis Bryant, Dwayne Allen, oh. and Taj Boyd. Why oh. they didn't score 140 oh. points oh, a game you know. is crazy. You know they won a lot of games there, right? I know they didn't you know win. They, they played a bunch of games. I know you want to hang it on They should have whipped one. everybody. They should have <laughs> nah, whipped that, everybody with but those also guys. But they also, they play in the same league with Florida State. Florida State's going to have 11 guys get drafted yes. in this class. So we can hang on that. But they're in the same division as Florida State in the ACC. So I want Dean Clemson for not coming up with a BCS win or winning the national title in the college football playoff. All right, there's a difference between winning at all and losing they won a three lot of games. games. They shouldn't be losing. They won a lot of games. LSU had LSU had uh, Odell Beckham, mm. Jarvis Landry, Zach Mettenberger, who was a starting quarterback in the NFL last year, and uh, who am I forgetting? And they didn't win at oh, all. Oh, and Jeremy Hill. They didn't That's win enough. I, right, shame on Les Miles. One, they should have scored you know, they should, they scored 160. Again. Only one team that wins it all, right? You know that, right? All right. <laughs> Ike Taylor. At number six, it's the New York Jetropolitans. Which way are you think they're looking there? Oh, the Jets? I would go Todd Gurley. I would. Look at that offense, Buck. Todd Gurley with the Jets? I would, but I don't know what they're going to do. Todd Bowles will go defender, right, Buck? Maybe. Maybe he wants to shut everybody out and absolutely bludgeon them with the defense. That'll be hard to do with uh, what they got going at QB. What you talking about, Geno? I can go. Oh, what? You're, now you're going to be sure that Geno's going to be good this year? I, I like, like that you're who, on the Geno train. Who did he throw? Who do you have thrown to? I agree. Now they have some pieces. And if they had a runner back there, now you're really cooking with gas. Maybe. And you assume Bowles. If you just let Bowles say, do your magic with the defense, and you just add some pieces and some playmakers on offense, how bad could that team be? Now, it also depends on ultimately what you think about Chan Gailey. What well, do you think about Chan Gailey as a play? Mariota, the the thing that people have turned me around on, including Handsome Hank, is uh, that Chan Gailey has done wonders with just about every QB Everybody. he's worked with. Every so maybe Mariota makes sense here. Big pin, Fitzpatrick. Why, why not just Gino? Gino the chunk? Maybe, maybe he just does wonders with Gino. All right, Gino played the spray Touché. system. Touché. You make I'm going to go with DJ Humphreys, offensive tackle from Florida. Whoa, Whoa. a lineman. All right. I got to go with my lineman. Yeah, that's you know, fair. Gino, Gino needs some help. And how you going to get him some help? Man, you're going to get him a good offensive line. Mm-hmm. And we can start with – and the offensive lineman probably the most ready right now coming from college to the NFL. The, the, in this area, you mean? To play. Yeah, that is a funny thing. To play. These guys are showing up. Is it the conditioning in college is much that much better now? I think it depends. I think it depends. On they are. They do. Sh- that was always on, the difference. They got to add thirty pounds. Depends on where their position. Depends on how they play and what they're surrounded by. A lot of people are excited about Zach Martin. Zach Martin played right in between a couple guys that are pretty good. Travis Frederick, the center, that everyone poo poo when Dallas took him into first round, the bottom of the first round a couple years ago. Pro Bowl player. Tyron Smith is a Pro Bowl player at tackle. Zach Martin can slide in and kind of just be a plug and play mm-hmm. piece. I don't disagree with. Ike, in terms of thinking about fortifying that offensive line, they made some moves in free agency. I would say of the guys, the offensive linemen that are there, Leo Collins from LSU right. kind of has the demeanor and the grit and the fortitude to be a guy that can play and have success Good right away, it. inside or outside. Hmm. All right, so we go responsible here at number six, do the New York Jetropolitans. My issue there, Ike, What's is up? maybe maybe they will and maybe, you know, New brain trust and all that will uh, will look at it a little bit differently than the past did, but you know Woody Johnson likes making a splash. You know I could see him having a hard time well, saying the no. The splashes ain't been working. 
No, I agree, but I, he seems like a Dan Snyder type or Mark Cuban type who's like, what? what's going to get us some PR heat in New York against uh, Man, the football you already got Giants? The PR. You got your Reeves and your Kamada back. You already got yeah. your head coach and Bowles. And, so. and, and he used to have a coach who would encourage that. Rex Ryan was also someone who liked to hype it up. I think now maybe it's a little bit more responsible there. Hmm. All right, so now we get the number seven in all sorts of ways you could go here if you're the Chicago Bears. Handsome Hank, how say you? Well, if so, if Gino is now going to get better with Chan Gailey throwing to Brandon Marshall, who just came from the Bears, I think the Bears replace him with Kevin White. Very nice. Yeah, I think that's the uh, the smart pick. You always hear about that, that my, uh, stuff with a guy like Mar- Mariota, whose arm is suspect. People like his arm, but they're not in love with his arm. And you always hear, well, he couldn't go to the NFC North then. How could he play in Soldier Field uh, in December? Is that a val? Is that, do guys Very, really talk about that? Do you guys sit around It's the- absolutely valid. Um, if we look at all the quarterbacks, even in the AFC North where Ike has come from, it's not a coincidence that most of those guys are big, strapping fellas. You think about Joe Flacco being big, Ben Roethlisberger is big, Andy Dalton is as tall, but he's a pretty solid and stout guy, which is why one of the reasons why people were a little taken aback when they took Johnny Menzel because he doesn't yeah, fit right. that mold. And when you think about playing in those stadiums where the wind is whipping, it is a very real deal. So your guy has to be able to throw the ball in bad weather. He has to have big hands so he can grip it because it's going to be wet. It's going to be muddy. You're dealing with a lot of conditions that really affect the ball and the way you throw it. So you do need a big, strong-arm thrower to function in those cold-weather cities. You like the pick, though, at Kevin White. That feels like a steal. Oh, I mean, I think it would be a great pick. Understand, when they let Brandon Marshall go, some of that was not necessarily due to a lack of production or him diminishing. It's more so they could clear cap space, they could reset how they wanted to approach in building their team. But John Fox understands that even though he wants to run the ball, you got to give Jay Cutler some weapons. So you have Alshon Jeffrey, you have Martellus Bennett, a young guy like Kevin White, now you have a solid and stable receiving core. So, Bucky, those top three receivers, right? You've got Cooper, who we've already got off the board. You've got White, and then you've got Devontae Parker. Which, which one of those three isn't going to work out? Let's assume, like, the law of averages in the NFL is that Ooh, I like three that. receivers, See, three, so, if there are three so, receivers so now, going in, like, so the top. What's go, so what's going to happen is I'm going to say this, and then y'all going to put it on the headline, <laughs> and my Twitter's going to blow up. I would say of the three, the one that I would be most worried about would be Kevin White. And the reason I would be worried about Kevin White is he's a former JUCO transfer. He's more like a one-year wonder because all of his production came last year at West Virginia. West Virginia's system doesn't require guys to run a lot of the NFL routes. And if you look at the guys recently that have come out of West Virginia, Tavon Austin was a top-ten pick. It hasn't necessarily panned out. Stedman Bailey has been good, but he hasn't been a star. That system, even going all the way back to, like, some of the things at Oklahoma State, uh, Des Bryant has been good, Justin Blackman – Mm-hmm. Other reasons. Have, so I would say if I'm if I'm betting in that calculation, I would say Kevin White would be kind of the one that may right. not work out just because of a bunch of different factors. Hey, Ike, uh, Buck mentioned Joe Flacco a second ago. The premise seems to be in Baltimore this season. I know it's a deep receiver draft. Do you think do you buy what they're saying right now, which is Joe Flacco is good enough now that he can make a, a guy who has no pedigree at wide receiver into a solid NFL wide receiver? Do you buy Flacco basically as the guy who can carry an offense like that? No, it's hard. It's hard. You got to understand what Flacco was doing, what Flacco was doing, man. Flacco had a running game. Flacco had a defense. Mm -hmm. So are are you now going to ask Flacco to put up 28 to 35 points a game? Do you think he can do it? No, I don't. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know. Like, and we was talking about this earlier, man. Like, everybody get caught up in these quarterbacks, but, man, they supporting Cavs be fire. 
you know what I'm saying? So the Ray, when Ray Rice was in his prime yes. and doing this thing, man, it, Flacco wasn't throwing the ball deep. I mean, he, he might have took a few deep shots to Torrey, but, man, he was dropping that thing off to Ray Rice. And Ray Rice was leading the league at one some point in time in receptions. You know what I'm saying? So, And it just so happened he can run the ball. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, and they had a tight end, a few tight ends. So, man, we just get caught up in what these quarterbacks can do and, oh, he's good enough now until we can lead the team. Man, it's hard. I think I think they're going to – he and the Ravens will get their comeuppance if, in fact, they try to play that game. If they don't get a first-round receiver, Steve Smith, as good as he is, is long in the tooth. I mean, there, there's not a lot there they're, they're right now. No, there's not a lot there. But more importantly, before we can even talk about wide receiver, they need to tie it in. Yes. Dennis Pitta is a question mark coming off that, that second injury. They lost Owen Daniels. Gary Kubiak leaves, and his offense really is yeah, tight right. end centric and a lot of play-action passes to set up deep shots. With Joe Flacco, Ike talked about it. Everyone has talked about Joe Flacco being on the cusp of being an elite quarterback, and he deserves some of that credit because he got hot in the postseason and won a Super Bowl. But when you study the Baltimore Ravens, every year they try to put it on Joe Flacco. The first eight games, he throws it, throws it, throws it. They're four and four, five and three. Okay, let's go to Ray Rice. They get hot down the stretch (laughs) and do it. And so it has always been the running game that has kind of propped Joe Flacco up. I don't know if he can carry it on his own, and they win a lot of games. Oh, I know. He can't. That's that's the answer to that question. Do you guys as Steelers ever talk or, you know, when you play, the thing you see fans talk about uh, quite a bit, in fact, is that the Ravens' offense to some degree seems to entail, hey, Flacco, just throw a jump ball downfield. We'll get a flag for it. Do you ever talk about that? I mean, every, every blue moon you got to go for it. I mean, that's that's everything. And it's usually, for some reason, man, if you're an offensive coordinator, when you get past the 50-yard line, you want to mm-hmm. take one shot deep. You just got to know as a defender, man, when that's coming or have a heads up on when it's coming. So when, when they're all the way back, on that between that ten and down back, or when they get past that fifty yard line, man, they're going to take their shots because they feel like the opportunity. One, I'm gonna give me a flag. Mm-hmm. Two, man, it's like throwing a punt. That's right. Like, I I always say that. Right. Just the, like the just bad, like the, the worst that can happen, it gets picked off fifty yards downfield. That's and, not too. And big my other a scenario is, man, if if my guy catches it, man, we're out this backed up formation. Mm-hmm. We didn't call us a flag, or he scores a touchdown. I like my odds. So a lot of the offensive coordinators just like their odds in them situations. See, that talks about, like, Ike is talking about situational football, but really he should know it only from watching his offense. Pittsburgh is notorious for taking a shot coming out. Mike Wallace, when Mike Wallace is there, they're motion across the formation and run a nine route, and they'll catch you slipping. Last year they did it with Martavis Bryant against Leon Hall against Cincinnati. Same deal, from the 10, backed up, take a shot. Whenever you cross the 50, between the 40s, that's a shot zone. All defenders have to perk up. So when you talk about playing those gunslingers, those young guys, nah, I'm going to put an old vet back there because we talk about understanding the game. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, what it's, that's what it's all about. All right, understand that it's your pick, the Before Atlanta Falcons on, at number eight. Yes, question. Black. Ike brought up Steve Smith, which you brought up on the last episode, which you also brought up on Total Access as okay. the guy that uh, – toughest cover, so to speak, during your career. Why is that? Why is Steve Smith? Because he got the short man syndrome. And what what I mean with the short man syndrome, he brings a lot to the table. Like he doesn't play five ten. Like Steve Smith plays like he's six four, six five, and he don't mind tackling. I mean, and he doesn't mind blocking, and he doesn't mind getting after you. A lot of these, a lot of these receivers, man. When you get after a receiver for a course of three quarters, they tend to go 
They tend to go you in the tank. You mean physically or verbally yeah, or absolutely. both? absolutely. Both. They tend to go in the tank. When, when it's not going their way, we got to understand, these receivers are divas. So when, <laughs> it, when it doesn't go their way, they whine, they pout, they catch fits, they catch timber tantrums. But, man, when you got a guy like Steve Smith, man, he like, man, just give me the ball one time. Just give it to me one time, and I'm going to make it happen. And he's been doing that consistently when he hasn't been hurt. He's been doing that consistent. My comparison to Steve Smith is the same thing to a Fred Taylor. Hmm. When Fred Taylor is healthy, he's hell. When Steve Smith is healthy, he's hell. By the both way, don't get the recognition, but man, if, if you Steve just, Smith doesn't go to the Hall of Fame, it's an injustice. He's what? dynamite. He's one of our favorite guys here. On That's the why show. I like that. It's yeah, a, he's, I mean, he's, it's he's, going to be tough. Uh, Black Tie, Steve Smith was with me in Carolina. He was a young guy. We took him. He was coming out of Utah. He was a punt returner. I want to say he went to the Pro Bowl early mm-hmm. in his career yes. as yep, a punt returner. Yes. Rookie so, season. So when you're evaluating wide receivers, the reason you like punt returners is because there's a level of toughness. They also have running skills. From a personal standpoint, watching him every day in practice, Ike talks about his willingness to not back down. He literally would get in a fight with Ricky Manning Jr. every day in practice because he demanded that the guy that played opposite him had a level of toughness and would challenge him because he feeds <laughs> off of that. I can also tell you there are some guys that when you talk to, they'll go in the tank. But there are other guys, when you talk to them, you wake him up. So when you talk to Steve, you actually bring kerosene to the fight. You actually are really stoking the flame. So he's a guy that I wouldn't want to talk to. I would kind of just let him be. I would physically get on him, but I don't want to spark him up because when he gets sparked, he takes his game to another your, level. Your next Steve Smith is a Dez Bryant. Like, don't even say nothing to Dez. Like, if Dez ain't catching the ball, let him fuss with his offensive coordinators. Let him fuss with his team. If you say anything to Dez Bryant, you didn't woke up the monster. And once you wake up the monster, can't put you're with the monster. Who could, turn. whose head could you get in? Who is? I feel like I get because I'm not backing down from anybody. So I, that, that's been my mo. Like you talk to anybody. I can't backing down from nobody, regardless of what's going on. That's why Coach T like me so much. I don't know if he's getting beaten. I don't know if he's shutting down because he's <laughs> acting that's the great. same way. And as a cornerback, you have to act that way. Your mindset have to be that way. Because if not, you're going to go in the tank. Is Calvin Johnson, does he lack well, some of that next, ferocity or whatever you're, the, the quality that you're basically describing? That he, It seems like, I, I, to me, you could almost make a case, but at this point in his career, I'm backing off. Two years ago, I said, Calvin Johnson is going to go down as the second greatest receiver in the history of football, uh, given the trajectory he was on, the path he was on numbers-wise, and, and everything else, and yet... You look at it, he's going to be one of the five best of all time, but he's not going to end up getting to be in that conversation with Jerry so Rice. Does he lack something? No, because Jerry Rice wasn't like that. So Yeah, why, I guess that's true. You know what I'm saying? Jerry wasn't like that. He's one of the probably the greatest of all time when you want to talk about receivers. So well, Cal- Lynn Swan, but then. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, like, Calvin, <laughs> man, that's not his demeanor, mm. you know? But he, get, you, he, get, he gets it in. Is he that gets, an issue, though? No, nah, it's – it depends on what you're looking for. So now you're saying to yourself, man, yeah, I love this guy, but if I'm the coach of – if I'm the GM, that's how I want my receiver to be. Every receiver is not going to be like that. Mm-hmm. But the man gets the job done probably better than any other receiver when he's healthy in the league. I mean, he got something you can't coach. He's tall and he's fast. I mean, he's a tight end, but he plays receiver. 
Like I went up against him a few times. I'm like, man, this dude is a mega. They won't lie when they said Megatron. Like he's a robot. Mm-hmm. You know I, what you I'm remember saying? your numbers. You remember his numbers in those two games? Yeah, he killed. Yeah, so his last game in 2013, he had six catches. Why Why do we have that? This is Mike Taylor, our esteemed visitor. And this is what you do? (laughs) You quote numbers that are bad? And behind the glass as well. Look at him back there. So in 2013, the Steelers won this game, but Calvin had six catches, 179 yards, and two touchdowns. He a monster. But his first game, I think you guys got him. You want to read the typos that were in my last article? (laughs) What what kind of thing is that? (laughs) You humiliate people? Is that your game? We keep it real here, you know? No jive, like you say. In his first game against you guys, only like one catch for two yards, though. So one and one. You know. What do you it's, think about it, that, Ike? It's a swap for a swap. I mean, that's how it is. Does Black Tie do good every day? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. Nobody <laughs> nationally isn't going to know that. Just the people around here. Oh, no, I think they know. Oh, no, no. We let them know. Oh, yeah? We let them know. So, does anybody care is what I'm saying. <laughs> no. So, you got to understand, man. That's how it is sometimes. All right. Bucky Brooks. <laughs> pick number eight. Atlanta Falcons. Another team that has a lot of intriguing needs across uh, both okay, so positions now, on the I'm, field. I'm the Atlanta Falcons. I have the opportunity to take either Dante Fowler or Shane Ray. I'm going to go with Dante Fowler for the Atlanta Falcons because Dan Quinn was his defensive coordinator at Florida. Understands him, knows him. That gives him the intel to know that when I take Fowler, I can do X, Y, and Z with him. Because of the certainty, he'll go for that in that scenario. Okay, interesting. You know, that NFC South, if you look at recent history, I'm doing this off the top of my head, so I'm saying look at it, but I didn't take the time to do that myself. (laughs) But it seems like when there's a really bum division, one season, for some reason – that, well, maybe because they have high bit picks collectively, they they seem that division seems to bounce back the following year. I refer you to the NFC West, mm-hmm. the year that the Seahawks won it at Beast seven quake. and nine, and, mm-hmm. and the the beat yeah the Beast Quake and all that stuff. Then you have um, what's the next division? I'm saying there's another example of that that I can't summon. But either way, the AFC South was pretty bad during the yeah the, the West was the AFC West was like that right you know and then all yeah. of a sudden they had three mm-hmm. teams to go San Diego and Kansas City and Denver. So. I have a feeling the NFC South is going to have a big bounce back if Jameis goes to Tampa. That team should be, if nothing else, offensively scary. And you know if you buy Levy Smith the, in year two, the defense will be better. I think the foul, I, you know, I like the Panthers' defense, and I like Cam Newton quite a bit. You and me, uh, Bucker, uh, leading the charge in the Cam Newton uh, support group. Um, and I like these, uh, and the Saints are intriguing, I guess. But, you know, if you give Matt Ryan, he was a different guy last year too, right, Ike? Didn't it? Ready he, ice. Because he, lo- he lost some weight. He actually could, you know, if, if uh, he got pressure, he could run away. He could make you pay on third down. A little bit more than he ever used to be. I don't think he's great. Where where do you rank Matt Ryan, Ike? Top ten? Top twelve? Top twelve? Yeah. I, I. What are you? What about you, Buck? Do you buy the Falcons? I guess they did almost go to a Super Bowl with Matt Ryan. Do you buy? Oh, him I, as I like, like Matt Ryan, but I think Matt Ryan is like the majority of the quarterbacks outside of the top four. He can kill you if he has the it's weapons. Mm-hmm. When Roddy White and Julio Jones, they had Tony Gonzalez with there. Matty Ice is wearing you out because all of those guys are Pro Bowl high-level players. Mm-hmm. When he doesn't have that, it makes it tough. This year, he didn't have it because you had injuries, you had some discord, you couldn't get it right, and they couldn't run the ball to really take the pressure off, and the defense right. was so bad. Right. So now you give him a solid defense, which I think Dan Quitt has shorted up. Shanahan comes in, puts him in a system that allows him to succeed. I think Matty Ice would be okay. 
Well, it would have been fun for you to go Todd Gurley here. I do buy the kid that they have that's going to be <laughs> their primary ball. I mean, I, I, I mean, that's fine. But was it Tremont Williams? Yeah. No, no not Tremont Williams. Defonte uh, Freeman. Defonte Freeman. Understand oh this because you're talking about the valuation of the running back. In our league, the Shady McCoys, Jamal Charles, Frank Gores, all those guys have been in the second and third round. Because decision makers Fair are enough. seeing that, they're yeah. like, Levy and Bell. They're like, Levy you know what? Too, right. I like first round, but I'll go get a marquee spot in first round, and I'll come back and get my running back in the second round. Um, all right, I will go with the New York Giants here at number nine, and my pick there is going to be boring. I guess I'll go with the top-rated lineman here, Brandon Scherf. Is that a good pick there, Buck? I don't think you can go wrong. Jerry Reese told me one time he talk learned, about talk about a QB that requires certain things. Eli needs to be kept clean, or he's doomed. He needs to be protected. Jerry Reese told me a long time ago that the late George Young told him we're the Giants, meaning that we need to that, always be big and physical. We need to make sure that we cast our eyes to making sure we're solid on both fronts. So they like to take big guys in the first round. I think that's a good pick. All right, let's move on to. Before we move no. on, just a, uh, another wide receiver question for Ike. I know you guys didn't get to play the Giants, but what are your thoughts there on Odell Beckham? Who, by the way, if you guys saw, took a picture with David Beckham recently. Pretty terrific. Pretty pretty awesome stuff. <laughs> it was exhilarating. <laughs> yeah. Exhilarating. O- Odell, we're from the same city. We're from the same neighborhood. So he, he's like that. That guy is a a monster. Me, him, Ryan Clark, Mike Wallace. Uh, damn, we can go down the line. Landry, um, Keenan Lewis. It's a lot of guys from New Orleans in the league. Like, it's it's a lot of corners. Yeah, it's, that's an interesting thing. Why does it generate? Why does that? It's the same as in Pittsburgh has generated so many Hall of the, Fame quarterbacks. Is that when you talk about Swag U? Is that where? Is that yeah, the, is that the, the like, ca- where the campus is? Our maturity level have to go sky high at an early age because you're gonna get in where you fit in or you're gonna get left out. Like it's the mm. peer pressure down there. That's all it is. If you're good, man, you're going to play. If you ain't good, you're not going to play. And, we, and we're and we taught that at a young age, you know? So ain't there's nothing spoon-fed in New Orleans. Like our mentality, man, is a strong-willed mentality coming from down there. Mm-hmm. And if you've been paying attention, man, Coach T's been drafting a lot of guys from New Orleans because he liked that kind of mentality because, you know, man, in football, man, it's going to be a lot of adversity. It's going to be a lot of bad times and situations where you're going to be like like Coach just said. Like He was like, man, I, I need to look in Cortez's eyes and see exactly what his eyes are telling me because your eyes ain't going to never lie. And when you're a good coach like that, when you're a good scout, man, they pick up on all that. So, man, when it's fourth and one and you know the ball about to get thrown to you as a corner, man, what your eyes going to look like? You're going to be ready to go or you can be like, dang, they about to throw the ball my way. Man, a good corner going to be like, man, throw the ball my way. Or if you do throw the ball my way, man, you tripping. You need to go <laughs> on the other side. But, man, that's that's that tank we're talking about with quarterbacks, receivers, or corners. You know, anybody in between them linebackers, they can get hidden by the corners. The defensive tackles, they can get hidden by the linebackers if you got a good linebacker. Offensive lineman is a sketchy situation because that pretty much shows if you're good or not the offensive line. You run, you run against a monster on the outside or the inside of the offensive line, it's going to be a bad day for you. Running backs ain't got pretty too much to do. I mean, if you want to talk about protection, that's pretty much the only outside the court job they have. If you're real special like a Le'Veon, then maybe, man, I could line you up at receiver. You know what I'm saying? But it's just, like you said, the mindset. Like your eyes in football 
say everything. Everything. Like, look into Dave's eyes. Do you think he'd make a good corner? Good corner? Man, he'll make a good punter. <laughs> I don't know why you would insult me. I Because let, let me tell you, I, well, I, I feel like you already know this, and that's apparently not enough for you, Ike. I'm born on the banks of the three rivers. Right. Let me tell you again, in case you've forgotten. Dan Marino. <laughs> Right. Joe Montana, Joe Namath, right. Jim Kelly. I don't know why you're laughing at that, Bucky. These are these people are all from the same neck of my woods. Right. How about that? I well, oh, you don't laugh when Ike talks they're about they're the people from his from his neighborhood, but you laugh at me because it goes back to the thing where you said, "Did you say that you could lead?" Was it two weeks ago he said he could lead a team on a two-minute drive to score a touchdown? <laughs> I don't remember that. Was, that. was that something that he said? I, thought, I swear when I was in, you said something. Uh, you I don't said know, you, could, you my, said you could lead a shit. team to a touchdown drive. But I can't remember. Oh, I didn't say two. What's up with that? I didn't. I didn't say anything about two-minute drive. I said I could take. If you put me in the right offense, I could lead one drive. To, you uh, said, and then the other the day you said that you <laughs> I don't know why that I don't know why that draws laughter. The Buccaneers with those big receivers, even you could throw touchdowns to those. Yeah. That's what you said the other day as well. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. The NFL game is not played in Studio 66. I don't care, Steve Smith. I could do it out there. If I had the if I had the right weapons surrounding me, I would know what to do. You know what the thing is with me? You say Ike neck up, you know, I got that. But right. I also I got the gunslinger mentality. I'm the total oh. package. <laughs> them them guys though, your gunslinger mentalities are fine. I, I'm I'm cool with that. Cause like we was talking about earlier, man, they're gonna throw their picks and they're gonna keep throwing the football. They're That's not right. gonna, they're not gonna go in the tank. They're gonna stick to what they believe. And what they believe is, man, y'all might have messed up that first and second quarter, but I'm not gonna mess up on this third in this third and fourth quarter. I, be, I trust right. myself. I'm not going to. Myself. I'm not going to. But with the 10th pick, I'm going to go with Eric Flowers from Miami, offensive tackle. Okay. Hey, just, real quick, I want to ask you this, because you said the Bayou, and Terry Bradshaw is right. from down there as well. Terry Bradshaw, Ben Roethlisberger, playing in a game against one another. Who's the better QB? Same same weapons. Seven all day. Seven. Over 12. Seven, Twelve oh. one for himself. How many Hall of Famers <laughs> the man played with? All right, I'm I'm asking a question. You don't have to get angry, Bucky. Now I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna no discredit to Hall of Fame Terry Bradshaw, but you just said it, man. If I had these guys from Tampa, man, I'd just throw the ball up. The man had Swanee. The man had Starwart. The man had Rocky. The man had Franco, uh, Dawson, probably. One of the best centers. He had his line. His line. His lineman went to the. His lineman. All right, but la- my fame. counter to that is uh, Ben Roethlisberger in his career has had Santonio Holmes, who was a high end performer Tell in about, his we're, window. We're not even going to talk about a defense. That all you got to do. All right, my defense is shutting teams down, so they're just scoring 14 points. So you mean to tell me, man, I can kick five field goals and maybe a touchdown? That's what you're telling me. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm ask a question. <laughs> okay, I have to be shamed by everybody in '66 today for my for my for my uh, well-intended questions. But I will say again, Jerome Bettis is in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Hines Ward will be in the Hall of Fame, I believe. It's going to take a while. It's going to take. A I long think time. It they're going to cheat him, but it's going to take a while. You know what I think matters for better or worse. I really do think a lot of the voters go off of iconic sort of that John Madden. 
it's basically nonsense. But the thing about like he's a, I don't he's not a receiver. He's a football player. I think they'll look at highlights of him blocking and all that kind of stuff. And be every time he was on national TV, uh, Heinz Ward, it was all look at him block and look at look at how he. I, people, I think even professional writers get swept up in that and they think, oh, he's got to be in the hall. I can see what you're saying by that, but there there's only one Heinz Ward. When you have defenders. Scared of a guy who's on offense <laughs> yeah. and looking for him, that says a lot. Like Hines used to put people to sleep. I mean, he broke. He changed. Him. He changed Keith Rivers' career. Yeah, broke his jaw. Broke the man. The he's man never had to get a jaw wired. He's never been the same since. Never. Toughest game ever was that uh, that you played in. Has to be that AFC title game against the Ravens, right? In uh, odd eight. Man, I'm gonna tell you like this: uh, four Ravens. Cold cocked in that game. I mean, out cold in that game. Man, listen to this here. Fred Taylor, Greg Jones, LeBrandon Tofield, Maurice Jones drew as a rookie. That was their backfield oh. in Jacksonville at the time. Man, that wasn't fun at all. <laughs> I just named four guys, four, four studs. Man, that wasn't funny. Who was playing them twice? You think Damashek can't turn around and hand the ball off to those guys <laughs> on a drive? Of course I can. Now, if you tell me that, I'm going to go with that. Oh, well, I'm, I'm throwing the ball to a receiver, I'm not going to get. But well, I'm not going to be in the Jacksonville guys. offense. I'm going to have good receivers, of course. Man, that's <laughs> and a good Jackson, line. That's when Jacksonville was making their noise. They still had Malcolm Strout, Marcus Strout, at D-Tackle. They had our recipes, so we felt like they were the Steelers of the South. I know. I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. That 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 was a gut punch to steal a longtime Steeler fan to see as another a, team. As a defender, you respect Florida that. Run over you. As a defender, man, you respect that. Like, oh, it's going this this my kind of game right here. <laughs> thirteen to ten. We look, we predicting the score to be thirteen to ten. Let's go, let's go. Like that's the mentality. But yeah, them teams. Of course, every time you play the Ravens, it's a mutual agree, a, agreement that we hate each other. But, man, at some point in time early in my career, them Jacksonville games made me. I, were you – you weren't – no, that would have preceded your arrival. No, Tower there. almost went on the field and tackled the guy in the last play. Um, you remember that? I got a little, <laughs> I got a little bit I got a little bit of Jimmy Smith, though. Like, man, that – another monster. Yeah, he was – yeah. A, a Legitimate, monster. yeah, for his a, a good field, stretch of time. off-the-field decisions probably outweighs what he did on the field, but, man, there wasn't anybody better all around <laughs> than the Jimmy Smith. No lie. I was the outstanding player. Like, he was he was there when I was there. He was just beginning to get into the lineup. He replaced Andre Rosen as a starter. And what Ike is talking about, he's a rare guy that was big, fast, mm-hmm. physical, can yes. catch. He can run vertical. He can run intermediate routes. And when you put the ball in his hands, he had that dog, and he'll run through contact, run through tackles. He made a lot of plays. Yes. It's unfortunate that the off-the-field clouds Correct. what he did on the field because at one point there was a five-year stretch that he was as good as anybody in football at wide receiver. Yeah, I agree with that too. All right, on to pick number 10 here, Handsome Hank. It is the no, Rams. Pick number he 11. Did. He did 10. He's he 11. did 10. Oh, I'm sorry. I wanted, yeah, I'm sorry. We missed that. I should have celebrated. He said Eric Flowers. Eric Flowers. Offensive right. tackle. All right. You were talking in your, you're in your head again. I was in my How head you again. You're not listening. Come on, Shaq. Because I've been humiliated. I've been attacked verbally. You're, you're supposed you. to bounce back. You're, like you're supposed to bounce focus. back after that. That's going to happen. Um, by the way, Eric Flowers will be um, – uh, toiling for our eyeballs here in Los Angeles okay. one year from now. It's exciting. It is exciting. That's the first draft pick for the new Rams uh, in 2016. Yes, Handsome Hank. At the number Vikings. 11 then, the mini Vikings, I think quietly 
a chance to be a good team in the NFC this year. Mm-hmm. So Teddy Bridgewater last year, they got Mike Wallace for him. Mm-hmm. So now he's got a speedster there as well. So then the two. Re- so let's get him another receiver. Let's get him some more weapons. Really? So there's Devontae Parker, or there's Brashad Perryman, who's who is another speedster. So Mike, I guess the question is, you go with a you go, you scare people with Wallace on one side and Perryman on the other side, or I just asked Bucky the question about the receipts. So Bucky's acting as a scout for my team as well. So he said Parker is gonna. He's not gonna be the guy that busts. It's gonna be Kevin White. That's the headline Black Tie's putting on. This, I know. On this that, I know exactly. It's like <laughs> I know around four o'clock today, four o'clock <laughs> Pacific time. Twitter's gonna blow up saying that I call Kevin White a bust. Oh, I I'm think fine. Ike's had some, uh, some some gems in here today that will perhaps uh, draw the attention. I like Devonte Parker. I'm gonna go like with Parker. Yeah. I'm gonna go with Parker because Parker, I think, safely. He can do. He can do. Also, Perm- he played with them. Right, Louisville. Their yeah, teammates. there you go. They teammates. go all the way back. They go I just, back. So connected. Zimmer, though, Zimmer is dynamite, finally gets his opportunity, does good work in his first go-round up there in Minnesota with Anthony Barr and everybody else. No temptation then to go Trey Waynes or somebody. I Listen, I hope that guy lasts Maybe. all the way to I mean, I think so. Too. I mean, I, I think it depends on how you weigh the class. If you weigh the class like there are other cornerbacks that can come in and play, you have an opportunity to nab a receiver. Remember, they took Cordero Patterson a couple years ago as a wide receiver coming yep. out of Tennessee. Yes. But – he kind of reminds me of some of the stuff that I was worried about with Kevin right. White. He was a JUCO player. He played one year major college ball, lit it up, had a great year as a returner, and then is still trying to transition. Like, the thing about the league, the league requires you to continue to adapt and to continue to build upon your skills. And so I think it would be a good fit for them to go and get a wide receiver. But Trey Waynes could pair with Xavier Rhodes and give them the opportunity to do some of the man-to-man stuff that Mike Zimmer wants to do. All right, well, let's round it up here at number 12. Well, not all the way because we do want to get Ike's pick at number 22 for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But at number 12, the in-division, I don't want to call them a rival. Do you consider the Browns a rival, Ike, as a Steeler? They're the nail to your (laughs) hammer, right? Is that fair? Is that a better metaphor? Um, No, we're not calling them. Not a rival. Yeah, let's talk about something else. Right. <laughs> Bucky, Bucky, you don't need to worry about that headline. Wow. The Browns <laughs> have to win a meaningful game against the, the Steelers for them to be the Steelers' rival, and they haven't done that in 40 years. Uh, Buck, go ahead. The new uniform. I'm, I'm torn. I'm torn now. So because now we're at 12, and the scenario that no one on the outside envisions, Marcus Mariota is sitting right there at 12, and so the dilemma is: Do I take the good guy and Marcus Mariota? who still has some of the issues that Johnny Menzel will have in terms of transitioning, or am I Ray Farmer and I say, nah, look, we're, we're good with our quarterbacks. We're not going to expend another first-round pick on a quarterback after doing Brandon Whedon and then Johnny Menzel. We're going to continue to stick to the best player available and maybe take a defensive lineman. That's a very tough one for me. It is tough, too, because – you know, now what, who exactly is catching passes there? The, the, you know, whoever you put Who are you talking about? Dwayne Bowe, Brian Hartline. Yeah, what, 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 what? it's an upgrade. I don't know. It's too early. Like the thing about twelve, it's too early to go get one of the receivers. Right. That's after I do that. like their two. I do like their two runners though. Yeah, so they run, they, they want to make a run centric team. I think they can go on defense. Hmm. I would say maybe a big defensive tackle, maybe a Malcolm Brown for Texas or an Eddie Goldman. Doing something. I think I'm gonna go with Malcolm Brown for Texas because Phil Taylor is a guy they got to. They gotta have some somebody to replace it on the inside. I think they need to have a big body. Mm-hmm. I think they need to have someone that can keep it keep it solid. I think they want to make sure they have a nose tackle. Boy, just imagine if Justin Gilbert delivers too. They're gonna be hard to throw on. That back end looks uh, pretty tough. 
What do you give me a look like that for? Are you being funny? Because there are people that they've been absolutely killing Justin yeah. Gilbert. Remember they talked about it. I know, immaturity? but I said if he comes around in year oh, two okay. because right. Joe Hayden and Trevon oh, Williams. But you know what? I can scratch that because Trey Waynes is still on the board. Trey Waynes still on the board. Trey Waynes would give them an opportunity to have a start. They lost so now, no you're, now you're giving up They're on Gilbert one year in. They no, just I'm not signed Trey Williams. You got Hayden. I mean, you got Tremont Williams, but, like, they didn't give him a lot of money. I know, but they just signed him. They have Joe Hayden. They have Justin Gilbert, who they used the 12th pick on last year. They're not going to take another eighth pick. They're not going to burn the 12th overall pick on another corner, are they? But did they expect Trey Waynes to be there? Depends on how they have him valued. I think he's a Joe Hayden clone. All right, so now we're going to jump ahead to pick number 22 here on the DDFP mock draft and if you're watching this you can go back and listen to all our picks in the first round or one through 12 at least bucky brooks ike taylor handsome hank ike i turn to you now this is going to be a tough one perhaps bittersweet right Right. the week you retire i now turn to you and say maybe draft your replacement for the pittsburgh steelers but don't feel like you got to take a corner there's only like one ike taylor after all you know the whole world of college football, save 21 names, is available for you. Go ahead. I don't feel like I have to take a corner in the first round if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers because usually over history we don't. We usually go third, fourth, or second and fourth because they like to get two corners if the, in the draft if they're going to do it. But if they do go for a corner, I'm going to go with Jalen Collins from LSU. And the reason why I'm going to go with Jalen Collins from LSU is because the SEC is NFL ready. When they come down to challenging receivers, coming up on run support, playing in big stadiums. I mean, his stadium that he plays in is probably one mm-hmm. of the biggest stadiums in college football. At least and you bayou. like those guys from the bayou, don't you? I like those guys from the bayou because they bayou built, meaning they're adversity ready. You know, he's a country guy from Mississippi. Since you like Winston so much, he's a country guy from Alabama. Mm-hmm. And it's just something about those country guys. But, yeah, if I'm going to pick Mill corner, I'm going to go with – Jalen Collins. And he sort of suits what the Steelers like in a corner, not unlike yourself. He's nice and long. Right. He's physical. Right. Right? He can he, he can run with anybody. He can run with anybody. He doesn't panic. You can just see he's not he's not panicking. And man, that's what we've been missing so far that I think Cortez gay and if we do look and he's a solid tackler. If we do pick up man, Jalen Collins, man, you need to be a solid tackler. Mm-hmm. And in the SEC, man, you're not you can't back down from no part of tackling because why? You have a lot of good running backs come out of the SEC, especially when you play in Alabama. And Bucky, how do you like this pick there at number twenty two for Pittsburgh? Well, I like the pick because if you go all the way back to yesteryear with Mel Blunt, he fits the mold. Long, tall, rangy, can tackle, has a menacing presence on the edge. When you watch Jalen Collins play, he's a press corner, and the league is going back to having press corners where you can lock people out. Quit giving the quarterbacks the gimme throws on the outside. He has the ability to do that. And I know a lot of people would ding him for only having 10 career starts, but that's fine. Some of the best players in the league didn't play a lot early in their collegiate careers but found success. He reminds me of Antonio Cromartie when you think about his career arc and trajectory. Antonio Cromartie only started four games during his time at Florida State. Was injured, didn't play his last year. Came in the league, immediately becomes a pro bowler. Long range, he has ball skills. 
Yeah, is he a guy that sometimes his technique gets a little sideways? But that's okay. He's so athletic. He can make up for it. When I look at Jalen Collins on tape, he reminds me of Cromartie because he has the athleticism that you want. He has all the physical tools that you want. And he's also a gritty player that can make plays and press and also a tackle on the edge. From the outside looking in, too, it seems to me that the difference with the 2014 Steelers, obviously some really gangbusters offensive pieces, but those were there the previous year, too. To me, the difference between that and the two eight and eight teams that preceded it, the defense started making plays and you don't have to shut teams down in the 21st century anymore, but you do need to turn them over. And I think with Shazier, hopefully in year two, Jarvis Jones in year three, if you get another guy on the back end, do you buy that that's what the, that they need is that you need to keep uh, forcing those turnovers. the, The formula to success is a good solid defense, top 10, in a running game, and if you just so happen to have a, a hell of a, a quarterback, man, that's a that's a that's a plus. But a good defense in the running game breaks down everything. We could talk about turnovers, man. Controlling that clock with that running game is just as good as a turnover. Mm-hmm. You know, because sitting on that sideline as a defender, man, when they're calling that 32 double or that 33 double, man, and we still can't stop it, and we know it's going, man. That's havoc for the off for the defensive coordinator, and for myself. So, yeah, we could talk about turnovers, but, you know, if I'm if we getting off on third and one or if we getting off on three and outs, but we're not causing turnovers, but we're still giving you them opportunities, them three and outs is just as well as them turnovers. Mm-hmm. So at some point in time, man, you got to go. You know, so that's how we look at it from a defender standpoint. Gotcha. Well, listen, I'll tell you, it's been a, uh, a splendid time these last uh, – few days with you, Ike Taylor. We appreciate you coming in, Thank especially you. on the week that you hang it up and everything. But then again, what else do you have to do now? You're retired. You know? Come hang out with you. You really? Yeah, you should just hang out here. And when we come in, oh, look, Ike Taylor's still yeah. here. Let's yeah. do another show with him. Um, we appreciate it. Congratulations Thank on you. 12 uh, spectacular Thank years. You. Wearing the black and gold, the two rings and all the rest of it. Let's do it again, Ike Taylor. Yeah, Let's will. keep on going. Might you know well. what I'm saying? Might as well. Ike and Shaq, Shaq and Ike. What do you think, Hank? I like Hank? it. Do you I like, like that, Bucky? I like that. You can see. You'll, you'll maybe. The way you're going, too, I don't want to make any promises. You might be a GM. the second quarter MVP. A no, second quarter. he might be a GM, too, but he could be our second quarter MVP <laughs> uh, of uh, the DDFP. All right, listen. A pleasure to, to sit here and draft uh, the first round with you. A couple experts and Handsome Hank handsome and I along Hank. for the ride. Good times. We'll be back with more Huey and Applesauce after the weekend. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the Land of Saints and Sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R.